Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast, and I wanna I, I wanna throw it back a little bit. Uh, I'm Weldy here, sitting with Andrew. I want to throw it back to you know one of the one of the greatest songs I would say of all time um, by a French Canadian artist. I, I don't know who. Uh, if you know who I'm going with, I'm going with Celine Dion. Say my heart, my heart right. will go on. There, there you go. So, do you uh, remember the epic video and epic hit? Um. Oh. Jeez, it's so epic that I just actually blanked on the name of it. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> See what I did there? Anyway. Heard the song. I I, I, I can't song remember the... You're saying there's a video? It's I, I, all coming back. Yeah. It's all coming back to... So there's a line that goes... I started crying. Uh, are, are you starting you know, to cry? Just this whole it looks like you're getting yeah, a little emotional right? No kidding. Well, the whole crux of this opening was about the slamming of the door. And that slamming of the door was the transfer portal slamming shut. A was, lot was the of shoe leather of what I was to trying get there, to get into. But it's good. But, good start to a sudden podcast. The, the, the reason why I brought all of this up is because I started an epic songs playlist on uh, my Apple Music account, right? Of just epic songs. And for some reason, my mind went right into meatloaf with when you said uh, that. do anything for yep. love. <laughs> so I was like, for some reason, I, I I said Celine Dion and I was going with, you know, it's all coming back to me now. And I just kept hearing meatloaf in my head for some reason. So that's uh, anyway. Anyway, nobody uh, is hopping to the transfer portal uh, anymore. Um, Grad uh transfers can still happen uh but as far as the newfangled uh, uh transfer portal whatnot that's uh that's closed well you can still you can still uh, be so picked out of the report you just have to be in it you, picked you out, have to yes. be in it there still yeah. are some players that are in it uh, but you had i think it was oh, like yeah. may 18th we mentioned it on the last podcast i think it was may 18th somewhere around mm-hmm. there is when the portal closed and then so no one can enter it now uh, and then it'll close for good in another month or so. So there's still going to be some movement. The majority of it's done, but uh, uh, there still will be some trickling. From St. Cloud State's perspective, the transfer portal is basically yeah. done for business for this year. Uh, not that they weren't inactive in that, getting uh, Falk and uh, Ports, as we mentioned last podcast. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's uh, no one, no one shall enter uh, for the next uh year calendar year basically it was a fun time as it always is so back to my playlist so anyway back to the fish story i've got i've got 24 songs on it two hours 33 minutes long when you think of like an epic it's what i was going because i didn't know how you're gonna define that is epic just, you know, like an epic film? Really, all that basically connotes is that it's really long. 
songs? Or are you going just by length of song? Or are you thinking more in the poetic sense of epic being big, drama-filled, and uh, lots of characters? Is that, is that where you go? I, I took it as like big, like songs that really took you on a journey, tempo changes, swelling, you know, just kind of like. It, it should be long. Like you're not, gonna, you're not going to, I'm, I'm doubting there's going to be a, a two minute and 30 second song in this playlist. It's almost inherent Correct. to the subgenre. I got yeah. one for you. Yeah. But but I do have like some three minute, three and a half minute ones that are that are on there. Yeah, like like, uh, like like I don't think Total Eclipse of the Heart is that long. That's a, I, I would say that's probably that fits the bill. I would say. Yeah. So all right, what 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 you got? How about do you have Funeral for a Friend on there by Elton John? I I do. You're familiar with the song. I am not Oof. actually. You, you need to change that. Now this one is a lengthy song. It's over ten minutes, but it's oh, okay. uh, pretty good. It's it, it it bangs. It starts with like this classical music almost intro, um, but it's got a s- couple of different uh, sections of the song, movements, if you will, and uh, it, at, at its heaviest, it really kind of slays. So I would say that is a good addition. To this playlist, um, I had uh, I had Tiny Dancer on the list. See, I, I don't. It doesn't scream epic to me because I was debating between that and Rocket Man. Not to say that there's only like one, because I have obviously multiple Meatloaf songs on there. This is basically going to be a semantic debate. I think about what epic means. Um, yeah, it's and I, I suppose there's no wrong answer. So. But, you know, we've talked about, I think, I think the epic nature of, we've talked about your love and mine for that matter of Queen. I think, I think there's got to be a couple of Queen songs on there. ELO as well, I think has that sort of epic uh, feature of their music. So. Ness. Epicness. There wasn't, it might still exist. Epic is a record label. Should like restricted to epic songs off epic music label <laughs> up, uh, artists if you really want to go back. uh epic games epic games is a video game company there you um, go maybe do some background music for their uh, for epic games yeah, they're well they're they're the creators of fortnite so they're 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 doing okay um just to avoid a correction um uh, the uh, the lyric goes, uh, but you were history with the slamming of the door, and then there was the sound effect of the slamming of the door during the song. Um, Which I, I'm disappointed you don't have that on our soundboard. The door, the door yeah, slamming. I, uh, the door slamming. I could. I, I, I'll add that for the next. Yeah, time. please do. I didn't want. Uh, I didn't want anybody to come at us for the uh, for the corrections. Uh, segment, which I guess is actually a pretty good segue here um, uh, because we do have two corrections that I have to make. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Uh, so, the... Uh, no, they were both on me, actually. Um, and one of them I should have known. One of them... I, I, uh, uh, maybe both of them I should have known. Uh, the first one 
uh, was submitted to me uh, when I would mention the Disney ride uh, for Splash Mountain. I said that that was getting rebranded to Frozen theme, but uh, it will be Tiana's Bayou Adventure from Princess and the Frog. So I got that wrong. So I apologize to all the Disney faithful out there. And in retrospect, you should have known um, that because how they're going to make a Frozen water ride. That, that doesn't sound exactly like fun. I mean, you could. Because when water freezes, it becomes <laughs> ice. And it's it's less, it there's, there's less of a splash effect um, with the water ride. <laughs> the, the, the splash. It's just raining icicles everywhere. It's just hail at that point. Which I think maybe Dunkel will come after me, the meteorologist. Technically, that would be sleet and not hail. I don't know. Anyway, maybe I'm getting too wrapped up in that. Uh, and also, I said that my uh, my wife goes to Daylily for her pedicures. That is wrong. Also, it goes to Evil or uh, Evil Nails or uh, Encore. Well, I, I had made the so, note um, to reach yeah. out to Daylily Spa, which I did. Uh, they Don't no, do I did. I, they oh. didn't. Well, they didn't return my call. So no harm, no oh, foul, okay. I suppose. But give but, me the name of that after the show, and I'll hit them up for potential advertisement. I, I think probably they were like, we have no listing of uh, Teresa getting a pedicure here. Who are you? And then hung up on you. So that actually tracks pretty well. It's, so. That's very, very true. Hey, uh, so that was Music and Corrections Corner. Uh, let's talk hockey. So we actually had quite a bit of news um, over the past uh, over the past month or so. We originally were going to have our next podcast be the Huskies Draft. Um where um, us two, internet celebrity, uh, Go Huskies Woo, and uh, minor internet uh, person online who tweets Eric Zamora, <laughs> Team Euro Disney, also works for the Norseman. Uh, he uh, are also going to join. We're going to go through. We're going to go through, hammer out some of the rules here later in the show. However, um, we're going to push that out. That'll come out probably later this month, um, as as well as. Uh, that we're, I'm really excited for that. I've been doing my schematics, and I'm, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So, uh, but uh, news. So, where do you want to kick it off first? Um, I was thinking, you know, uh, full schedule. Sure, is, let's let's start there. Uh, kind of where, yeah. It's. I mean, we pretty much. I mean, you pretty much nailed it anyway. But uh, we did get it some uh, dates finalized here. So, um, again, I'm gonna say it. I say it every year. Six losses on the schedule max, maybe seven. I think we're going to roll through this whole entire season. But um, what is uh, kind of when you're looking over here at the uh, at the full schedule? What are what kind of jumps into you? What uh, what what? what are yeah, so we about? talked about the conference schedule the last podcast. Uh, it's not like we're going over each date, but uh, yeah. I mean, we just kind of highlighted the fact that they're only seeing uh, North Dakota and. Is the other team that they are all ah, CC that they're only seeing those two teams CC. one series next year. All the other NCHC teams will have the uh, the two games at home and two game, two games away. So we and we had the the uh, opponents for the non conference. We just didn't know when and where for all of those. And so that's been finalized. Start the season October seventh and eighth, which is a Saturday Sunday, uh, with St. Thomas. As far as their St. Cloud's website, which I'm reading off right now, the Saturday game is the home game. Sunday 
is at St. Thomas. The first year, so 2021, they played that St. Thomas home game at the X. Last year, they played it at St. Thomas's arena. I would assume they're playing at St. Thomas's arena because they didn't sell, didn't draw very well at the game at the X. Uh, so that's the uh, lid lifter for the season. And then you got at Mankato the following weekend, both games at Mankato. Come back home the following weekend for Fairbanks at home for two games. You're off for the last weekend in October, by week there. Start conference which, play. Uh, in, in which, November. when you're talking about Alaska um, at home, presuming next year will be Alaska. I have no idea about that. I mean, Alaska has been Alaska's not been because kind of out of a necessity. They're not being strict on. Uh, reciprocal agreements. Um, they're just happy to play wherever. And so, and knowing what we know about St. Cloud's budget issues, we saw another yeah, another chapter so, of that this last week, cutting a bunch more programs and faculty. Pretty dire situation as a university as it is. Even if you get two extra games because due to the Alaska exemption, if you go up to Alaska, I, I would not be surprised if this is just a, you come to us and we don't need to go to Alaska. I have no idea. I have no details about that. Um, that's generally what Larson has done is, is set up reciprocal agreements. It's not conference, but Alaska, that might just be filling out the schedule for this year. And I see that Alaska is playing in Houghton against Michigan Tech the weekend before uh, they play in St. Cloud. So I'm, I'm guessing they're going to stay stateside or at least in the lower 48. They'll hang out either in Houghton or in St. Cloud for that week. They're not going to travel back to Fairbanks and come back to St. Cloud. Hit up, uh, hit up gritty St. Cloud. <laughs> Very well. They, they could you talk nice. about St. Cloud state uh, being on hard times. I've been talking to Bob, my, uh, my gritty St. Cloud ad uh, rep, and he's really, I mean, he can't, he, he didn't even have any uh, money in the budget for, for this week. He's trying to get a, an advertiser for this week, but they're struggling. So if you do have any, uh, any spare cash you throw at Gracie and Cloud's way. Um, but uh, so that's the uh, October slate of the non-conference three conference series uh, starting in November. And then you get the Michigan series, the whole Michigan series, surprisingly, I thought uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, the Friday and Saturday following Thanksgiving. And then they play Bemidji, Last weekend of 2023, uh, Friday in Bemidji, the 29th of December. And then they, I think, smartly have an off day between play in St. Cloud on Sunday, the 31st. I've always thought it's weird that they're playing home and homes with them, period. But especially in the dead of winter uh, with a four-hour drive, and who knows what the weather conditions are going to be that weekend. I think it's smart. Uh, and it's a holiday weekend too, so I don't think the Sunday will be an inconvenience uh, that it it may on other weekends. So Friday Sunday series there with the Midgey home and home. Uh, the the Michigan series is notable just because of the dates, I, and for personally speaking, not the best weekend for me. I, I've been planning on making that trip. That weekend in particular might be the worst possible weekend for me. So I'm hoping I can make it for that yeah. for that weekend. But that's a rough one, and I'm wondering if that's going to be the same weekend that they go out next year to play Michigan in Ann Arbor. Michigan played 
the Black Friday weekend this year, a home series against Harvard. I'm wondering if that's something that they typically do. It's not something that St. Cloud has typically done in recent years. The only time in the NCHC era that they played on Thanksgiving weekend was a Bemidji road series, two games up in Bemidji in 2014. Uh, prior to that, I had to do some research. Do you want to guess the last time they've had a home series uh, on Black Friday? Home, home Black Friday series? Home Black Friday series. I know they've... I remember going on the road a few times. I don't know. I If I were to guess, like, I don't know, early 10s, 2010, 2011. Go back a little further. I mean, it's been... Yeah, it's actually 2000, 2005. Really? Which would have been... 2005? Which would have been... The, the heart of my college years. Yeah. Maybe that's why I don't remember it's it. possible. I was... I was I was cornered up drunk in Mitchell Hall at that point. You're gonna uh, love this too. Uh, so hey, this would have been. Hey, you want you random box score time? Should we pull it up? Yes, get it do out that right because now? you'll Let's you'll you'll get a kick out of who they played that weekend. All right. Oh, was that right? It was a, a non conference. Was it was it non conference? Which is interesting. Oh, so they played a bunch on the road in the WCHA days. It would almost. Uh, I went yeah, back during. I, re- I remember them being on the road quite a bit. During and they were on the road between 05 and that series in Bemidji, or at least let's say through the end of the WCHA, the old WCHA, which had been 2012-2013. They would have played basically on most Black Friday weekends, but they were all on the road. And in the, this era, <laughs> seeing who, I think he's seeing that that 05 series was against our favorite uh, team. Oh, our favorite receiving votes. Preseason favorite power horse of Brown University. Brown, Brown Bears. And that would have been early in the season. I wonder if they were receiving oh, votes still funny. at that point, uh, <laughs> in the season. Uh, we, we could probably go back on an us show poll, can't we? You, you might be able to. <laughs> How far back do they oh, go? I think they go back. Um, All right. I can, you, I can you check go look. Uh, you go look. Let's, let's look at the box score. Black Friday, Brown, 4-1 to one victory. Um God, Huskies, uh, uh, Huskies at that time five. That was was that Bob's? It was. So it had been like his first month or first two months on the job. Yeah. So just just getting his uh, a feet wet there. I remember this being a surprising season. Yes. Kind of started out. Yeah, it was. All right. It, it, it was. It was. You know, it was, you know, Mott or uh, Dolls last year was was a down year, and so when Matsko took the job. Uh, in that 05 06 mm-hmm. season, not much was expected of that team. And as you said, got off to a rough start, a tough schedule to start the season. Getting right in there with Wisconsin, yeah. Minnesota, a good CC team, uh, North Dakota as well, right before you hit this Brown series. Uh, I'm just looking yeah, at the scores I mean, here. So they tied they tie the Saturday game and they won the Friday game. Um, I have no idea how Brown was. I'm guessing they weren't very good because they typically aren't, but. Uh, yeah, ooh, yeah, this was a 5-20 and 20 season for Brown so, with seven ties. So this is one of the seven ties was the Saturday game. I was going to say, how many of the ties? That, that probably uh, hurt St. Cloud's pairwise because they were they were close that year. They, that was the 8-7 uh, to seven game. And, that was and the 8-7, to seven, yeah. Dakota, and they were one of the two or three last teams out uh, of the pairwise at, at season's end. So, yeah, maybe maybe the Brown tie uh, was, was a killer uh, for them. But – 
Alter, alternate. Yeah. But if you, you got this box score, I am not looking at it. But so I, I'm interested to see what what you got for this uh, for this uh, Saint Claude Browns yeah. uh, box score. And 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 newer fans, uh, you know, if you've only been following college hockey for ten years or so, might look at Wisconsin and Colorado College and think, uh, as far as uh, very tough. Uh, competitors uh believe me they were <laughs> this I would mean, have been wisconsin's uh, title team right title team yeah. yeah um and then i mean uh maybe this is just off of some of the top cc years they would have been but... this would have been coming off the all wcha final five or frozen four uh the year before so yeah. minnesota cc denver north dakota uh, all making the frozen yeah, four i mean but serling and yeah cc Surdich was and, i mean they had they, this time yeah, they were they they were tough. All right, uh, box score. Here we go. Random box. I gotta get a sounder for a random sure. box score. Black Friday. Uh, Brown four to one victory. Opening goal. Oh man, this is wonderful. Uh, Guess who's had the opening Andrew goal? Gordon. No, he had the fourth goal on the power or yeah on the power play. Billy uh, Hengen. Uh, <laughs> Uh, first assist. Link? You're actually Hengen and two Day. assists this game. Good for him. <laughs> no, <laughs> Nate Day did not score in this. I don't know why that's so funny. Not score. I mean, he he probably had an open net and missed. <laughs> but Apparently, this is the, the Nate Day bashing. So, uh, uh, oh man, he was so good at missing open nets. <laughs> Um, Mr. Hockey. Yep. Oh, I, anyway. Um, ah, that would be, uh, author extraordinaire. Marty 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 Yelly. Yelly. Very good. Uh, got, uh, could got have met too many off, in his uh, career the, either. So that would have been notable. Yeah. Um, to, uh, two fifty-two into the opening period. Um, uh, Brown tied it up. And then the second period Huskies score two in. You know, about a three-minute span when Joe Jensen and TJ McElroy. Jensen, underrated uh, player, I think, uh, in his day. And so he would have a game winner uh, if if such a stat was being kept. Uh, Goaltender, was that – it was either Montgomery or Boron, I think, was that here. No. No. Who who was the goalie in the 8-7? to Oh, was this – yeah. So I'm I'm a year early here with Gefford. Gepert, uh, Gepert got the win. Did they have an eight? Four to four tie. Yeah, that's right. Because Boron, Boron, Boron was in that for, for the previous year's team. Uh, did we do a box score of that team recently? Like the 0405 team, I feel. I feel like we've mentioned Boron. I think so, yeah. See, so it said Boron played the 4 4 tie. Bo- Bor- yep. Uh, Boron played, uh, allowed two in seven shots. And then got the hook. So he was the starter, and then he was pulled. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Yeah, he was the starter then. And then Gefford came back in. And then yeah, Gefford came in. Do they have a attendance figure for for these games? Yeah. What is it? The Saturday game. The Saturday game six thousand one hundred eighty-seven. Yeah, that's if they were to hold. They would have held Brown. Now it's just half that. If if I mean yeah, half that. 
Yeah. I mean, if they if they um, crack five thousand against Michigan, also surprising. Of note, um, do you want to guess who the referee was? One referee, two linesmen. My guess is always Marco Hunt. It is not though this time. Don Adam. I I will say you missed it by that much. Don Adam. We we'll talk about him later. I don't know if you wanted to. <laughs> Which we'll talk about him a little bit. I'm bringing up Marco sure. Hunt too for that matter. There's um, <laughs> news on both of them. Uh, both of those gentlemen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Four 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 tie back and forth affair. Um, Andrew Gordon's uh, kicked us off with a shorthanded goal. Um, we allowed a power play goal. Um, it looks like that was, oh no, that was, oh man, Matt Stevenson had an eventful night, uh, nine, 12 into the game tripping, uh, Andrew Gordon scored and then he got out of the box and then, yeah, shorthanded goal. And then he must've got out of the box and because nine, 12, so that would have expired at 11, 12. At eleven twenty nine, at eleven twenty nine, checking from behind, game misconduct. And that was the end of his night. Probably that was the end of his very night. very good. Uh, uh, served by Johnny Swanson. So, um, Conrad Reader scored. Joe Jensen again. Andrew Gordon again with his second of the game. That is Joe good. Jensen with another multi-point yeah. night. Uh, Joe Jensen had a goal and two assists. Yeah, probably coming off that 0405 season. But I think, yeah, so I think that was Gordon's freshman year. Lash wasn't here yet, was he? I would have thought, so coming probably at this point, Jensen's probably like the best player on the team, considered like what he had done in his career prior to that. Probably got like the team leader. Yeah. I mean, well, I remember it was news because he was drafted by right. Pittsburgh. It was news that he was coming back for a senior year. Yeah. I think Gordon was drafted before his freshman year as well. Um, yeah, he was drafted by Washington. Right. Yeah, so it's been this long, you know, almost 20 years since they've had a Thanksgiving weekend home series. And mentioning like the attendance, what I'm just curious how that's going to, if it's going to affect it at all. Also being in November, that's the deer hunting season. I've got some friends that say that that that's a big reason that attendance is there's a dip in attendance in November because of deer hunting season. So you got that. Uh, I remember though that this was this is when in the first um, iteration of the podcast we talked about this. It never ended up happening. But do you remember it was the year that they played Mankato at, for Hockey Day, Minnesota? So it would have been the seven. Mm-hmm. 18 season. Yeah, because we, we ended the podcast in 17. So the original plan, if you remember, is a, they split, they, they played two games that year. They, they played the first game of the year in Mankato as a one-off. And they're going to play the second game. Originally, they scheduled that for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We talked about on the podcast saying this is like a experiment that Motsko is doing, seeing if uh, – you know, this is the first time that they've ever done something like this, but I think I remember reading that this is like a USHL tradition that they play on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and it's kind of popular there in the junior ranks. And I think it was a way to say, hey, let's see if 
a midweek right before a holiday, people are people aren't working the next day, so maybe this can draw a crowd with a in-state rival. Well, then when it must have been was that the year that St. Cloud got Hockey Day? I think so. I think that's when they moved the yeah it must be because that was a St. Cloud home game. So I think when when St. Cloud landed Hockey Day in Minnesota, they just said hey well we'll move this Mankato game to that Saturday for Hockey Day. So we never got that experiment to play uh, a Wednesday game before Thanksgiving, but we can see if this, uh, you know, a Black Friday home series, if that's going to move the needle any. If you can't have a sexier non-conference opponent, you'd think, I mean, other other than like a Gopher series or another sort of in-state rival. So I like the idea of, of, of it, but I'm not sure how it's going to do just based on, recent history with attendance, uh, it, it's been a struggle for St. Cloud. So hoping that that weekend can, uh, can be a success, not, not, not only on the ice, but, uh, but at the gate as well. And if it is, I'm sure we'll see more home Black Friday series in the future as well. Yeah. I just, I don't know everything with attendance now. I mean, it's, Times has just changed so much when it comes to that. I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it was, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a bummer, like you said, I mean, for traveling too. I mean, if we wanted to, you know, check off some lists, you know, for people to go to Yoast over Thanksgiving weekend, if it is going to be on the same weekend next year too. For a return trip, it's just kind of a bummer. And I have no idea about that either. I mean, it's just me speculating. But yeah. um, considering that St. Cloud typically does not play on this weekend, I'm assuming this is sort of the open dates that Michigan gave them. Say, hey, take it or leave it, basically, if you want to play us. Maybe that's different for next weekend. Maybe next next year they've got something else already planned for that weekend, and they'll play them in the last weekend in October, which is where I, when I thought they would play them, that last weekend in October. It was not to be so, but yeah, that's always fun to go back in the uh, in the box score. Uh, we'll, we'll be doing that certainly in the uh, summer pods. Uh, need to kill kill the time, pods, but yeah. uh, it's always fun to to go back in, in, into the uh, into the history a little bit. So on the Huskies draft, where 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 are you, where are you drafting Marty? Yeah, <sighs> as, as, as far as he the has moved goes. into my uh, brain again after a long period of me forgetting his existence. So there's that. Oh. I think, I think about, I wouldn't say I think about him once every month, but like for some reason it always pops in my head because he had a big goal against the Gophers um, when we swept them. Um, at Mariucci. On the, oh, right. At Mariucci. Um, he had a goal in that game. And right before my, my old roommate Art had this knack for watching warmups. He always lo- loved to watch warmups, and then he would just every once in a while he'd just kind of turn to me and say, "Fill in the blank. He's going to have a great game." And I mean, yeah, it's you know, Gordon Jensen, like he'll have the usual suspects there. Um, Lash at that time, Rowe, but you know, watching that, watching the warmups and. And we were right behind the goalie too. He just he just looks over and he goes, "Marty Mielli's going to have a goal this game." And I'm like, "You are drunk." And he says, "Yeah, but there's more to it than that." And sure enough, he uh, he got a goal that game. We swept, and 
Um, yeah, we were right next to the student section. They did not like us, but uh, we walked out of there with a win. That was a lot of fun. It was a good series. I think those are some extended highlights of that game on YouTube. In just garbage quality. It's, Absolutely yeah, it's trash. Right, the pre HD era, uh, but but yeah. still it's fun. But even pre, even H, as far as HD goes, there. Well, one thing about that game fixed. that so that was 07, right? The 06 07 season, so. which would have been the peak yeah. of attendance. That's one of the best part of that, of that, of those YouTube highlights is that the crowd is just it looks like the old Chicago Stadium. Oh, it's, hot. it's just packed and everyone's into yeah. it. And the crowd, any crowd shots that they have are just great. And I miss those, I miss those days. But hey, it looks like Mariucci's back. You know, Bob's been packing them, uh, packing them in there. So maybe the uh, Magic can return to St. Cloud eventually, he said. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Too optimistically. All right. Just because it's the offseason uh, bonus uh, random box score, I decided to pull that up for that okay. February 24th game, that second game, just to make sure I didn't want a correction. Um. Yeah, five to three win. It was yeah, St. Cloud twenty six and six. Twenty wins, six losses, six ties. Minnesota twenty five, seven and three. From my recollection, Gophers kinda outshot them heavily in that game. Yeah, both. Forty forty two to twenty seven. Not not as much as I thought. Uh, but yeah. uh uh do you want to guess who had the first goal? Was it a Husky? It was a Husky. See, was Mielli's the winner or the fourth goal? What ended up being the winner? Um, I don't think so. I think his was the third goal. First goal in that game. No, it was his, his was the second goal. Because, yeah, the Gophers got up to a 3-1 lead. Again, it's, it's I probably Kaufman, watched Jay, these highlights in the last year. So, Evan Kaufman, Jay Bearball, Blake Wheeler scored three in a row for the. God, I hated Bearball. One of my roommates was like his second second Kauf, cousin. Kaufman, or so Kaufman too was a dip. <laughs> First goal was it? Uh, now this would have, what would this have been the game right after the Brockle Horse ping? Because I was, was going to say Brock. Was like, I was going to say Brocklehorst. Did he score the first goal? Nope. 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 Has his... be the chin himself. Uh, that's not. That's not giving it away, which it should. I, by the look on your face, the chin. Oh man, uh, people. People right now are probably screaming at their podcast right now for Dan Chronic. Oh, man. I mean, I'm a huge chronic guy. I didn't know that that was uh, his beloved nickname, but. Uh... Oh, man, that chin was huge. My buddy was playing darts with him um, or he was just there the playing dart. Like the whole like some of the hockey players were there and like they were just all playing darts and at the at the dugout. <laughs> and he just goes, and you know, chronic is, you know, a few feet away from the dartboard. And he just goes. Hey Dan, can you move back a little bit? I don't want to hit your chin. The whole hockey team just erupts in laughter. <laughs> Was that, uh, that could have been that could have been a start of something right there if he takes it the wrong way. I mean, 
I think I yeah, would have made like a Jay Leno crack like, or something. I mean, I mean, you look, they probably look somewhat similar. So a Leno, Leno ass. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, anyway, yeah. Houseman, Raidens, Stevenson with the shorthanded empty netter. That was a fun, that was a fun. Yeah. Again, like you said, peak attendance. I mean, crowds were hot back in the day. I mean, I don't want to get that all... for the Gophers. Was that Kangas? Uh, nope. Uh, Frazy and Soleil were there. But you're saying Briggs so, played this game. Briggs, yep. Yeah, so Kangas wasn't. Yeah, and if Kangas would have started, St. Cloud wouldn't have beaten him because they, they rarely beat Kangas for some reason. But... Yeah. So, All right, double dip. Triple dip, I guess, technically, for, for random box sports. <laughs> that was fun. Incoming players. Uh <laughs> Let's uh let's switch. Um uh I was listening to shout outs to our uh KBSC uh brethren, I guess. Um they had um uh, they had Brett on the pod on uh, their own podcast. Um uh for uh Brian Alex uh we're we're doing Brett Larson, you know, doing the podcast rounds. We could probably have him on if I asked really nicely. He, he I would say he probably would. I don't want to be that type of podcast. I like just being two schmucks talking about hockey. Like I don't want to get into actual like show prep or reporting or anything like that. But uh, we'll just leech off everybody else's hard work. So I think that's kind of the best route to go with it here. Um, but all but. You know, kind of confirm what the uh, incoming class would look like, um, and that comes recently after the uh, commit of uh, Tynan Ewart, who uh, a defenseman for the Battleford's North Stars in the uh, SJHL. Um, so uh, a Tynan is coming in uh, with uh, Jack Ryman, uh, Isaac Posh, Kayla Thiessen, uh, Werner Mietnin, Barrett Hall, Tyson Gross. Um, and then, you know, we were speculating about Gruba. We were speculating a little bit about um, Bufflin or Clark has making, you know, kind of some impact as well. But, I mean, with Carl Folk coming in as well from uh, as, as, a, as a transfer, I mean, our defense looks set, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know if Gruba's coming in this year. Uh, yeah, I just I don't know the for a fact on that. I don't know the the numbers right now. Without Gruba, you got eight guys on roster at D. Uh, so you bring in Gruba, that that's nine. And nine, 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 nine. I suppose you could do that. Which, which I mean, if we dress seven, I mean, if we dress seven, that that might be the that might be the case. Yeah, it's just that it feels redundant uh, at some point. And just to get some background on Ewart, you mentioned playing for the uh, for Battlesfords. How how am I butchering it? Battlefords, the North Stars, the dominant Battlefords North Stars out of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. They racked up a 48-5 mark this year, won the title in that league. And you were a pretty damn good year, uh, leading scorer among the defensemen um, for them. 
eight goals, 48 assists. Uh, and Point per game. Point per game. And good playoffs as well. Average more than a point per game in the playoffs for them. Um, and 21 years old. So 21-year-old freshman making Donnie Lucia happy. He'll be coming in this uh, this this fall. So he looks like a decent prospect. Um, and now I, I I am a little frustrated though that it sounds like Gruba is going to spend spend another year in juniors, or at least that's looking more and more likely. Now Gruba is a legacy commit. His dad played for the Huskies, so perhaps there's not uh, as much of a flight risk with Gruba keeping him, or maybe it's an easier sell for him to remain in juniors for another year. But this is a tough game to play sometimes. We saw recently, just in the last yeah. week, uh, a St. Cloud commit uh, Martin's Lavin's Latvian product decommitted and from St. Cloud and is going to play for New Hampshire. And sounds like he's going to be able to come into New Hampshire this fall, which makes sense. He was not going to come to St. Cloud this fall, uh, kind of a victim to the numbers game. And, you know, a guy that played on Latvia's junior team, obviously Latvia is not a world power when it comes to hockey. Don't ask that to the, uh, oh, they, the world, the uh, world they took, uh, championship yeah. team that did they like declare a national holiday after they beat the U S uh, yeah. so and, and up and coming, certainly an up and coming hockey market there, but their fans are wonderful too. I mean, they, they, I'm always happy if they're in the Olympics because I get to watch some of the Latvian faithful. That's it's a lot of fun. And yeah. So, I mean, by, I mean, it's a, it's not a one for one there with Lavin's being a, a forward uh, and Ewart being a defenseman, but just with the other prospects you're bringing in, which I think, it, I think this is a good class, but a guy like Gruba, whose stock is rising, I think there's a decent chance he gets drafted this summer. Seeing some of the highlights out of his play in the USHL, he seems ready to me uh, to come in uh, this fall. Uh, I, I feel like there would be plenty of teams that would be able, that would be more than willing to give him regular ice time at the college level at this point. Again, maybe you're able to sell him on one more year in juniors. Uh, because of his background, because he's maybe a more committed Husky based on his dad being you know, bleeding Cardinal and blue, Cardinal and black, sorry. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it can be a, a tough needle to thread. I would just hate to lose uh, Gruba to another program by bringing it you know, in favor of either Falk or Hewart or, you know, someone like this. So, I mean, I trust that they're in the right spot. We haven't heard anything about Gruba uh, thinking twice about his commitment. And so probably, let's hope, it's much ado about nothing that I'm, I'm making a molehill here. But I just don't like the idea of keeping guys back who are ready. I, I feel like Gruba is ready. Uh, and even if he if he brought him in and he, I don't know, had a – tough adjustment to the college game. I would rather have that and just keep, have him in the program already than 
by the time this year comes around next year and he might be committed with some other program who's more than willing to give him ice time. Um, so it's, but it's, it's a juggling act. Uh, perhaps they weren't planning on having Anhorn come back. Uh, and, and Ewart looks like a pretty decent prospect. Um, so um, I'm not saying that, that this is a bad development. It's just frustrating because I've been having my eye on Gruba for, for a while here. and was looking forward to seeing him play for the Huskies this, uh, this fall. And that still might happen as we said, but I would say with the numbers as it is now, I would say that's less and less likely because yeah, if you're going to bring in nine guys, sure you can bench two of them, but then you get, you get this weird, okay, you got to bench two guys every game. I, I don't know if that's, if that's the case, Gruba's going to be playing half the time. I guess I would rather have him play a full year of juniors again. I just don't know how much he's got to prove there. Uh, you know, with Fargo this year, they made a deep run in the USHL finals. Uh, and so I feel like his, his game is ready for the next level up. But uh, we'll, we'll see. It's not finalized yet, and, and we'll see what, how it all else shakes out. But the roster for, the, for next year is, is becoming a little clearer. And so, yeah, well, we got the, uh, you, you kind of rattle them off before the show here. And we've mentioned this before, but uh, Tyson Gross for the forwards, Gross, Jack Ryman for Mietnan. Then we got Ports coming in through the transfer portal. Um, any other forwards that I'm missing? Oh, Barrett Hall, um, uh, yep. which according to that interview, right? He seemed committal on the fact that Hall's coming in, which is I, I like that. Yeah. In a similar sense to Gruba, I think Hall's an intriguing prospect that still has junior eligibility left, but I think he's shown a, a, a proficiency at the USHL level, and I think it's a good idea to bring him in as well. So he's he might be the most intriguing freshman uh, coming in for me, um, but. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about the other guys too here. There's not, there, we're not talking like oh, 100 point seasons at the junior level, but we're not talking about guys with 10 points at the junior level either. Like these are guys that impacted their teams in the junior ranks, and which which means that I, I think that we've got a chance to, to get some good production from the freshman class this year. And so excited to see. Uh, then take the ice and see who really emerges from that group to be, you know, potential stars for this team. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, you know, there's just so much communication that goes on, obviously that we're not privy to between the whole balancing act of recruiting which really strikes me as, I guess, kind of a surprise that maybe someone like uh, Oliver would want to go back to that. Um, like, but like so much communication has to go between like, uh, you know, Brett Larson and all of the commits, especially with the transfer portal, bringing so many wrinkles to it. Yeah. You know, making sure everyone's timeline is on the straight thing, even though, you know, it's easy for one person to just kind of say, Hey, no, I want to play in college hockey. I'm ready to make that next step and just kind of, kind of drop and decommit and, and whatnot. But, you know, I'm, I have faith that Larson is, you know, it, 
there's nothing that tells me he's not doing everything. You know, I think he's just pulling all the right strings right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust his judgment. They know what uh, they're doing a lot more than I am. So yeah, let's just not hope that Martin's Lavins has a 50 point season for New Hampshire, uh, which let's say right, is, exactly. is a long shot. But uh, let's let's not let's hope we don't regret that. But it's a chance that he's flames out, and that I wouldn't say, I I wouldn't say like I was probably hurt a little bit more by Gutman just because that was like. Because when Gutman decommitted and went to Denver, I mean, not only was it in conference, but it was like, boom, sign an NLI that you're in for now. Like, it was, I don't know. It seemed like there was perhaps that that move was made possible based on an aggressive play by Denver. You know what I mean? Like, they... they I just had an icky feeling about it. Kind of poached it. Poaching. Where this Lavin's feels more like he was a victim to the numbers here, wasn't coming in, looks around, hey, team will uh, offer me some ice time for next year. So I think there is a, it's a, it's a different, and I agree that the, the Gutman did leave a, a more bitter taste. I, I think that um, Montgomery and Motsko, I, I don't think they really I don't think they like are on other. very good terms, and mainly because of that episode. Did they have like a post game handshake incident, and it was like right the the you know the season right after that? I feel like I remember something like that. But um, yeah, it was yeah they got into a shouting match there on the ice. Montgomery um, can just uh, wave. Motsko, he can just Motsko said it was about a hit that happened in the corner, but um, adding the gutman like on top of it, and that happened like two weeks before too. Like it was really close. Yeah, well, so. Mons- or Montgomery got the last laugh. He can wave the president's trophy uh, in Moscow's first NCAA trophy list face, or I guess Montgomery can wave his NCAA trophy in front of Moscow's lack of an NCAA trophy. But. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's, we saw the episode this year at the coaches' convention with the uh, St. Thomas, Michigan situation. Uh, we get these yeah. dust ups. Uh, I don't think there's any there pick and fights between New Hampshire and, and Brett Larson. Um, if that happens, let me know. But uh, Martin's Lavins, we hardly knew ye. And again, <laughs> let's hope we don't hear your name in like player of the year conversation. Because that would be right. lower. Um, I guess I I dropped his name a little bit earlier about you know the, uh, you know that aspect of it, um, with uh, Nick Oliver, yeah. who you know kind of in a surprising move, uh, going from head coach uh, experience with the with the Fargo Force, uh, winning the. Uh, regular season title and you know coach of the year i believe coaching of the year just a banner year all around except for you know the the banner that matters um but then having him uh joining hastings staff in wisconsin 
going back down to an assistant, I believe. Now, was it assistant or associate coach? But I want to say I thought I read assistants. What, what yeah, I mean, I would imagine that not is the uh, primary assistant or if there is the associate title versus assistant. Higher pay. I would guess whoever is – I would guess Todd Nott is the highest paid assistant just because he had the most yeah. loyalty or he's kind of tied to the hip of Hastings. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised too. And I I mean, it might be as – and you're saying, yeah, back down to the NCAA level as an assistant versus a USHL head coach. He's already been an assistant at the college level with St. Cloud, obviously. Now, it might – the explanation might be as easy as – I bet Wisconsin's paying him a lot more than he was getting paid at St. Cloud and what he was getting paid at Fargo for that matter. That's certainly the case. And there's the opportunity to coach with Hastings and that's not going to hurt your resume unless Wisconsin continues to play like Wisconsin, I suppose. (laughs) But yeah, I thought it was a a bit of a, a weird move as well. Um, Because I feel I feel like you you make that you go from an assistant to a USHL head coach, like to get that head coaching experience to propel yourself to a head coaching college job. I mean, you know, and I still think he will be uh, a head college coach within the next by by the end of this decade. I would say. Um, I mean, Bentley uh, still doesn't have a head coach. I'm surprised that it took Colgate as long as they did to hire a new coach. I mean, especially if we're talking about the transfer portal. Um, why coaches, why there's colleges that have these coaching vacancies stretched out for months at a time during this prime transfer portal season. I mean, yeah, Bentley, you can make the joke there that they're Bentley and not exactly a, a world beater. Same with Colgate, but, um, and it sounded like at least Colgate who did announce their new coach Mike Harder uh, which it seems like there's a lot of pun like we try harder with Mike Harder there's a lot of punny uh potential there in Colgate uh, at, at two uh, Mike Mike Mike's Harder lemonade <laughs> Yo, it's, yeah he's it's got uh, endorsement deals already lined up um, but that one seemed like it was sort of like written in the wind, like he was kind of the designated uh, hand-picked replacement. It's just surprising that they took him like a month and a half to announce that. But yeah, it's with getting back to Oliver. Yeah, it would it would have surprised me less, even if it was an obscure school like Bentley. It would have surprised me less if he would have taken that job, the head job, rather than going back to being an assistant. Now again, it's Wisconsin, bigger school, bigger pay. Big Ten, more uh, more of a media presence. It's a bigger spotlight, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and, and I wish him well, um, but, um, yeah, I, I thought that the next move in his on his resume would have been a head job at the college level, not going back to uh, sort of a second banana position. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wish him well, uh, as well as I can wish. Wisconsin Badger hockey team to, to have success. We don't play him this year. That's fine. Again. Maybe we'll play him in the NCAAs. Who knows? Ooh. What a, what a storyline that would be. If you were to guess, uh, you know, just it, 
seeing what Hastings has done with some of the roster and um, he plucked like a trainer from Mankato moves. too recently. Like it's really Mankato East is Madison. Pretty, pretty much. Uh, Thirteen wins, twenty three losses last season, zero ties. So that's interesting. Uh, you know, that 13 wins, 10 wins. They did have a 21, 20 win season, 14 wins, 14 wins, 14 wins. If we set it at four, let's set it up at 14 and a half. Are you picking the over or the under? I'll pick the over. I'll, 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 I, I feel somewhat confident because I, 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 I don't think Renato is a very good coach. And I think he was getting less out of his team than what the talent they have. And they have better talent this year just based on guys like Celia and Fitzgerald following uh, Hastings. True. I'll say this. I'll, I'll say Wisconsin's not in last place in the Big Ten. And I think they're probably close to 500. What are you putting in last place in the Big Ten? You know, Michigan State for me. I mean, I know they had an, uh, they had a active transfer portal, but felt like they overachieved last year, and they could have like a crash back down to earth type season. Penn, Penn, Penn I, State. I hate the fact that I hate the fact that Michigan State won a title. Well, like three of them in the two thousands. Well, just one, yeah, one in the two thousands. Yeah, that's the one I actually really only care about. The other ones, whatever. You can have those ancient ones. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess... It, Even though I know they're not that ancient, but still. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State's decent. Uh, Notre Dame's decent. Penn State's all right. I mean, they, they all... Well, not not Notre Dame, but Penn State made the tournament last year. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, it's a good conference. And so, someone's got to finish it last. And it very well might be Wisconsin. I'll, I'll, I'll be bold and say it's not going to be the Badgers. What do you say? It's not just from your look. You, you think that um, I'm I'm the high one on Wisconsin. Oh, I must be. Um, I mean, I I think originally my what fourteen and a half. I think that was a little low, because um, I do think that just from the sheer talent perspective wise, I think they got a lot better. Um, so, but but at the same time. I don't know. Maybe a lot better is a little bit of a reach. And uh, Big Ten is just kind of a coin flip. I I think when it comes to, you know, if you're not talking about Minnesota or Michigan, it's just everybody else, in my opinion. Then again, I said that I wasn't high on. I said that I wasn't high on um, uh, Penn State. I said I wasn't high on Ohio State. I, I wanted to play Ohio State. And then, sure enough, you know, I... I really ate crow after after the first round there because you know we're talking about the big 10 um some news out of there logan cooley who i think on this show i said would be shocked oh. if he returned well i'm i'm shocked he returned you're shocked now not surprisingly or i guess the timing of his announcement which i believe is the day after the uh the vote the referendum failed to uh, uh, provide funding for 
coyotes to build a facility in Tempe. I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that had a major, probably the major uh, effect on him coming back to the Gophers. Um, you sort of nailed that in one of our previous shows that, yeah, even if they, even if that referendum passed, but they're still going to be in mullet for at least this year, next year, if they're still in Arizona next year, uh, you can, you can play a double the crowd in front of double the crowd at Mariucci any given night, uh, than you would at, uh, Ball Arena. So, and just, I think the instability of the Coyotes, I mean, they're going to play in Arizona this coming year, but anything beyond that is, is completely in the air. Uh, and so the instability there, um, I think is a major factor in him saying, yeah, I'll just stick on campus, be the big man on campus, maybe win the Hobie that I narrowly missed out on this year, uh, and try to win the national title that, uh, that we choked away uh, this past year. And so that you shelled away good, good for him uh, for coming back. I mean, that's not something that happens much these days when a, such a top end uh, pro ready player decides to come back for a second year. So good on that. As I've mentioned in some of our other podcasts, I've kind of grown to sort of dislike him uh, as a, as a human being. Uh, and so from the heel factor, um, that'll be fun. Again, it's, we're at a distance this year because St. Cloud and the Gophers don't play at least in the regular season. Uh, and so I'm not going to be as invested in watching the Gophers as I may, uh, do if St. Cloud is, if they're on St. Cloud's schedule, but I'll certainly still check out, uh, the Gophers from time to time. And, uh, yeah, that, very good news for Motsko and company uh, to have one of the better players in the country uh, coming back into the fold in addition to snug root as well. Um, that, that's going to be a good, a good line uh, as it was this last year, yeah. even without nice. Uh, so they'll be a very good team. One to reckon with. See if they choke it away again. But um, if, uh, if wrestling has taught me anything, you need a good heel. And, uh, that is true. that's, you know, I still talk about how much I hate Jay Bearball. I mean, how many years ago was right. that? You know, that's, uh, so it's, no, uh, it, it makes complete sense. So, uh, while we're, while we're talking head coaches, uh, or coaching or all those things, God, our transitions have been you know, great today. I know, I know. I mean, it, it would have been, it would have been better if we didn't talk about Cooley in between this. Maybe I'll just go in the edit bay and uh, uh, nah, reorder nah. this a little bit and just, just move it. No. Um, uh, Brett Larson um, has been named uh, to the world junior uh, as the assistant coach. So that's, uh, you know, Something that uh, now correct me wrong. He's done that before, yes. correct? He did this. It was how many? I don't remember. You would say it was the nineteen twenty season, I believe. You can check that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it was. I thought it was that. No, it wasn't the twenty one twenty two season because that was the year he was at the Olympics. 
It wouldn't have had any in 2021. Which, which he was there. Right. So I think it was anyway. 1920. And I think that was Hastings was the head guy that year uh, at, at the World Juniors. This is going to be David Carl uh, getting the head job uh, for this year, for this upcoming World Juniors. And as I said, also was an assistant on the 22 Olympic team. I would say a matter of time, maybe next year, year after, that you're going to see Larson be the head coach of the junior team, uh, getting this much uh, experience as an assistant, generally a precursor to that. Uh, and so that um, congrats for Larson, and he gets to, we're talking about the non-conference schedule again, it's coming all full circle. We get to bring in the, the non-conference schedule because he'll get to miss out on that Bemidji trip. Uh, because of this. Uh, but it looks like that's going to be the only series he'll miss because they don't play a series the first weekend in January, which is when the World Juniors wraps up. So he'll just miss the one series against Bemidji. Uh, Shyak and company can, can handle the Beavers, I think. Uh, let's hope, at least. And um, yeah, they hand over the reins to the uh, to the rest of the staff. Well, he is where, is, where is the Juniors this year? I know it's been in Canada. I think they're due to go to Europe uh, this year. Sweden. It is in Sweden. Okay. So, yep. So he gets to maybe, maybe see what, uh, maybe pick up a recruit when he's out there, you know, keep the Scandinavian connection going. He loses Labins. I know Latvia is not a Scandinavian country, but in that general part of the world, maybe he can, uh, I don't know, pick up someone else to counterbalance his loss. Reminds me, reminds me of Euro trip when they said Paris is Paris is like a suburb of Berlin. We can walk from Paris to Berlin. <laughs> Latvia, you're in the same area. <laughs> Latvia, Sweden, you know. I just, I, I just read to like, what, what do you think the Scandinavian countries are? Just off the top of your head, like name name the countries that are in Scandinavia. I, I mean. I mean, I would say Norway, Sweden, and Finland. See, and that's and and I think Denmark. That's what I've thought. Um, but I've Is learned Denmark in there too. I've learned that Finland technically is not part of Scandinavia. Really? And so it really typically just refers to Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. But I, which shocked me because I always I always lumped Finland in with that, but. Something I, I don't know what the actual term like refers to. I'm sure it goes way back into the Vikings days, but I was surprised to learn that like in the last six months. Like, yeah, Finland's actually not a, uh, and it's like some people will. It's kind of gen- it's kind of like how a tomato is a fruit, but everyone kind of considers it a vegetable. It's kind of one of those things. Like, yeah, Finland's not technically part of Scandinavia, but based for all intents and purposes, it is. Close enough. So it's kind of one of those deals. But if you want to be a, a, a pedantic about it, Finland is not part of Scandinavia. Fun fact. But they're going to Sweden, so he'll definitely be in Scandinavia. If you if he had that on his bingo board, um, visit Scandinavia, he'll be able to uh, fill that window on, his, on the bingo board. So. So there's your uh, uh, world geography corner um, for today's podcast. Now I'm just this dumb American when it comes to geography. Look at that. 
Oh, me too. Because again, I, I've only very recently learned this tidbit. Uh, just to run over the rest of the coaches, um, you know, obviously you already said David Carl, who is also bringing his assistant, um, or his uh, video, uh, for the video coach for Travis Colhane, uh, Steve Miller from, uh, his band. Um, uh, I mean, the associate at the university of Minnesota and then, uh, David Lassonde as the goalie goaltending Okay. Sounds like a winner. Sounds. We got this weird thing. I know that the world championships aren't part of like the juniors, um, but also like lumping in like the Olympics because they have kind of been something of a, you know, not not exactly juniors because they got beer leaguers, half beer leaguers, half uh, NCAA players. But we've run into this thing where they dominate pool play and then they lay an egg the first game of the bracket play. That's like when Latvia beat him in this world championships. And was it Slovakia at the Olympics or no? Was it Slovakia? Um, I think so. Uh, Slovenia, someone they should have beaten. And who was it? Those last juniors too. It was someone that was uh, a surprising loss. Uh, my brain is uh, baked at this point. I do not, I cannot remember, but I, I just remembered we've, we've had early, early pool success, but then once the, uh, once the, the uh, bracket play starts, it's been a struggle of late for the U.S. So let's hope that we can uh, change that luck uh, in, uh, in Sweden. Yeah, exactly. It's, I always, Again, I'm going to go back to my usual soapbox, but, you know, I won't stay on it for very long. But, yeah, you got to get it off NHL Network. <laughs> like, just burying those, like, because it's fun, entertaining hockey to watch. And, you know, sorry to say, but mistakes in hockey is what gets you fans. That's what get like, so, I mean, even though if it's not, you know, the best or the top quality or whatnot, I mean, yeah, you know, you might have some, you know, lesser players going, but if that that's going to be fun, that's going to catch some eyeballs. People are going to realize, hey, this is actually kind of a fun game to watch. I mean, even even if you put it on ESPN Plus or something like that, where you get some type of foothold where you can get more people to watch it. But, I mean, just the tier that the NHL Network is on right now, it's no one's going to just – happen to go go across it yeah no i agree obviously world world championships is i mean you're going up against way too much but you know world juniors i think that especially is something that you can really market and really get it towards um uh the mass of peoples because that i mean that's some of the most entertaining hockey to watch there indeed and i'm wondering too um just off the seat of my pants here. I mean, we've had Pierre play the last two years for the World Juniors. I mean, of all the prospects that we've mentioned, a lot of them, like Ewart, are 21, aged out of the U20s. So I'm wondering if there's any any possibility for a St. Cloud player to play in the World Juniors. Eric Hall might be of age, but I don't see him necessarily being on that radar. Um, or, you know, Werner Mietnin, I think he's 
I think he's older than 20. So I don't think that's it. And finish. Yeah, that's going to be a tough roster for him to crack. Um, and so, yeah, uh, yeah, he hadn't played in any of their last couple of uh, last couple of years for Finland's junior team, had he? I don't think so. Uh, he might have. Yeah, check that. I, I think he's 20. And so I don't think he's eligible. You have to be younger than 20. So uh, unless I'm missing someone obvious, uh, I don't believe it doesn't seem like St. Cloud will get a player this year to be on the world juniors. It's always nice. It's seems yeah. good to, for your program. So what did you check on? Yeah. Yeah, he did play he did. last year. Okay. Well, but I think he's aged out now for the 20s. But, but like you said, I think he's I think he's yeah. 20 right now. So I would imagine he's aged out. It, it's always nice. It's kind of a, a, then again, a feather. Then again, he just, you know, I guess it depends also on the cutoff. He he turned 20 on April 7th. Yeah, is so, it under 20, meaning you can't be 20? Or is 20 the, the max? I feel like it's 18, but I mean, 19 yeah. generally. Yeah, I mean that I agree with, um, and I can see that. But if they have some kind of weird cutoff of the age of you have it, to right. be under twenty at this time, and isn't technically these are the twenty twenty four World Juniors, even though they start in twenty twenty three, they call it twenty twenty four because that's what the championship is. Straddles I'm here. going to assume, yeah, I'm going to assume no, he will not. Yeah, and so. Probably not going to have St. Cloud player. As I said, it's, it, it can be a feather in a program's cap to have you know, steady presence, uh, having a player uh, at the World Juniors. At least for the U.S. or Canada, that's 25 of the best players of that age group, uh, at least the ones that are pro already. And so uh, it is nice to have those players represent uh, for, the, for the event. But at the same time, and with Larson too, it's I, I I I've never been a huge fan of he got he's got to leave the program for two weeks, miss games that count for St. Cloud, uh, that sort of inconvenience. Um, but yeah, it's again it's a good opportunity for him, and, and uh, certainly feel uh, uh, you know, wish him the best of luck uh, in, in that position. But you know, it is a bummer uh, he's going to be missing out on that division. Series, so let's hope that they uh, can do well with uh, with Shyak in charge. That was a split last year, right? Didn't yeah. we lay an egg up at uh, at Bemidji? Yeah. First loss of the year, uh, but uh, yeah. returned home the next day. That was the uh, Adam Adam Ingram uh, second place Herbie uh, oh, play of the year goal. So. Probably best individual effort play of the year. But if you're going to make that, that's a sub. That's a sub. Make that another category. Good. It's like, um, so just uh, I don't know. Any any other news notes, uh, or should we talk about the uh, Huskies draft uh, coming up? Hammer out some of the details on that. What are your thoughts on some things? about the draft because here's what i have in mind i can just spitball what i have in mind well let's let's we have one more that we want because we we teased it earlier so i want to square the circle oh did we uh don adam 
Oh, jeez. Yes, we did. Don Adam is He's out. Get in the booth. Out as director uh, of officiating, I think is his, was his title for the NCHC. I mean, joking about it, I it didn't feel like he was fired. Uh, it didn't seem like that yeah. was the uh, tone of the press release. Just He's moving on, and that position was open for a little bit, but then uh, filled by, I think it was Don Adams' like chief assistant uh, in that department. Yeah, so 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 as much as people are like, good, we need a change of the guard, no. no. It's, <laughs> like, it's it's not going to be this it's sweet. It's basically regime. the same regime. And then not only that, I'm I'm sorry to say, but everybody needs to hear this. Refereeing is just not going to get better because refereeing is incredibly hard and it's only going to get harder. We make it hard. We make it too hard in my opinion. But at the same time, like, yeah, I'm upset with some of the calls and the officials and whatnot, but it's also incredibly tough job to do. And it's not like there's a different orchard we can pick referees from and just grab them and say, Hey, come here and rep and everything's, you know, David Bowie hunky dory. Particularly when we're, these are weekend warriors. I mean, these are part time employees. Uh, these guys have full time nine to fives and are doing the refereeing as sort of a side gig. Uh, just because, I mean, look in college hockey, it's just, it's not a full time position. It's weekends for half the year. And so, because of that, you're, you're not going to get. You know, if, if you're just relying on part-time employees, it's it's different to expect the high-quality result or product or result of uh, hiring uh, you know, full-timers versus you know, part-timers. Just as you said that, like, if you were out east, is there any real reason why you couldn't be associated with multiple conferences if you were like a hockey east ECAC ref? Like, and then if you have like two, can you ref four nights a week? I mean, I, <laughs> like to I, I haven't heard time? that being a possibility. So I would assume that the leagues don't like that. I mean, if we hear in like the uh, NCAA tournament, oh, the refs are ECAC refs, or I think the title game this year was NCHC refs, which blows my mind that they would get the, the title game. Um, but uh, so I feel like that would. Heather Ween's throwing her weight around there. Yeah. Apparently, she she bought enough rounds uh, at the uh, convention <laughs> to, to finagle that, but uh, but yeah, so probably came after, out of Don Adams. Yeah, and so when when it was that. announced that Adam was out, um, it I'm like, because it seems like whoever we're getting, it's it, you you fail upwards in, in the rankings of college officiating. It seems like so I'm sure, like yeah. Diane's gone, but who are they gonna get? Probably like Todd Anderson. Like I was like, I was bracing for the worst. It looked it sounds like we dodged a bullet because the CCHA mentioned him before. They had a similar open spot in their director of officiating, and they hired Marco Hunt, uh old friend. And so who again friend of the show would be in the Don Adam, like he's a notable I would say bad official in his day. So it's like, I was going to expect something like that, but at least the CCHA took that off the table. And so they went and like I said, the number two, the deputy, uh, former Philly slugger, Mike Schmidt getting the position um, in the NCHC. 
he has maneuvered uh, in his post-retirement you know, 500 home, home run club for the Phillies. He's deftly <laughs> um, uh, shifted his sporting allegiance into hockey, and uh, you know now he sees himself. You know he's a WCHA official for many years. We always loved the stash, and that he he maintained that from his playing days. Um, but uh, he was able to, you know, every year having to take off that last weekend in October, we have those 1980 reunion um, specials uh, for the Phillies that get back to the World Series, uh, the anniversary every year. But he's able, he's been able to really. Uh, you know, blaze his own trail here in the hockey world post baseball retirement. So congratulations to former Philly slugger, Mike Schmidt on his new position as chief official uh, director of officiating for the NCHC. Congratulations. Now I always like, I always got confused because I hear Mike Schmidt and I immediately think of, Oh, eight or something as an official where um, in back-to-back weekends, there were disallowed goals that should have counted that literally changed the outcome of the game. And he finally got suspended, but I think that was Randy Schmidt. Well, so the problem if you're talking about WCHA, we got like a dozen possible candidates. We're like lining them up on a police lineup. Um, and, it could be any one of them. I mean, we mentioned Todd Anderson. It's all, you know, it's Mark Alon, Todd Adam, uh, John Campion. Uh, but the thing about the, the thing about the, uh, the, the one particularly that sticks out in my mind is that they went to video review. You can clearly see it going in and out of the net. I think we like, talked about this. Was this a Wisconsin? Seconds. Was this a Wisconsin? Yeah, Wisconsin Denver? against Denver. Yeah, I remember yep. this. And uh, apparently, I think it was I think it was Randy Schmidt uh, went into the booth and just said, "Just show me the freeze frame of point zero, like when the clock struck zero, but the puck would have already went in and out of the net at that point." So therefore, he said no goal when it should have been a goal clearly. And uh, I think finally the WCHA suspended him. I think uh, what's his name? McLeod finally stepped in at that Which, point. I mean, that had, I mean, that takes a lot for the, for the WCHA to have suspended one of their officials. I mean, I, I don't remember any other time they did that. So that had to have been pretty egregious. Yeah. Yeah. So Randy Schmidt, the bad. bassist oh. for the Eagles. Um, Maybe he was. Man, I hate the Eagles, man. Maybe he was uh, related to Mike Schmidt. Maybe they were old baseball buddies uh, for some reason. But yeah, uh, that's who we got for for the head of the stripes this year. And we'll see if that. Like you said, it's just I just wish that they would I mean, at least streamline the the review process. I've been on record. I know it's never going to happen. I, I, I don't yeah, like reviews, been asking for period. This. I, was just, I would rather just get rid of reviews. But it seems like that system has never really worked all that well. I, I, I Again, my, my rationale for getting rid of reviews is I, I don't think that it produces uh, the right call even close to 100% of the time. So 
you're never going to get the right call 100% of the time if you're not using the video review. So let's just at least speed the game up. Let's not clog it up for 10 minutes at a time here when we want to look at reviews. Uh, just a better game flow. Let's just limit the amount of times that they can look at a video. Or at least if they are going to do that, it feels like it could be a lot quicker. Um, or adopt something that the NHL does where it's a central office that does the reviews and the individual on-ice officials aren't a part of the decision-making. It's just streamlined in that regard. I don't know if that's possible. And CHC obviously is a, P compared, you know, in, in size compared to the NHL. So I don't know if you know, logistically they can do that, but uh, it feels like it just, it, it doesn't seem like it's consistent. It doesn't feel like it's even, I, I don't know. My frustrations with the NCHC officiating is buckle up and wait for the season to start. Cause you'll, you'll hear about my complaining about it, but, uh, but yeah. it's just I I hope maybe with the change uh, change in leadership perhaps there can be a change in just at least streamlining things and, and not not having as many delays uh, that's that's really what my hope and wish would be. And that'll be the talking point for the first two months of the season, and then it'll go back to same as it always is. Yep. I think that's correct. So this draft. You are the draft uh, so master. Huskies. I I am the the draft. I'm the commissioner. I will announce who's going to the podium. Um, but uh, yeah, so four people snake draft all time Huskies. Um, and we are going. Um, you know, just strict college career. Uh, and uh, you know, I was just kind of thinking, uh, three forwards, two defensemen, one goalie. And then uh, maybe an extra position player or two um, that you put in, but maybe one extra winger, one extra defenseman. Um, you know, it's just uh, two bench players like that. Um, you know, originally I wanted one extra player, but with the snake draft, you kind of have to, once you go one way, you got to go back the other. So um, so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, two extra I was also kind of thinking maybe just two bench players of whomever extra you can go. If you want to draft two more goalies to use up your picks and have somebody have to have um, Dan Dunn as their starting goalie, I go for it, I guess. <laughs> no offense to Dan Dunn, but I don't think he's, uh, he's going to be cracking this list, but so, so yeah, that's uh but it's going to be a fun draft. And then I'm also kind of workshopping an idea uh as well um for you know kind of that tier list of hockey players and it's like you have 15 dollars build your roster so i'm thinking about maybe doing like the last 20 years of huskies hockey and putting up a list there and kind of going through seeing what kind of fun teams people would put together so i've got trying to get some engagement and discussion and discourse here throughout the uh throughout the off season but those are kind of um kind of in the pipeline here right now uh you know within the next couple of weeks we'll release that podcast and then you vote you vote you let me know you let us know who who takes the win who takes the l um but i think what i'm really excited for you know and i'm worried that this podcast is going to go four hours because i bet you know we'll probably have some kind of stories about some of these players 
or, you know, just something, you know, somebody's going to reach up and grab somebody they shouldn't have, or we're going to rip them for it. Uh, I might be ripped, you know, for some, you know, for where I rank some players or whatnot, but all of it's in good fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun also for the, uh, for the fans as well, uh, for, for everybody listening. So it's, uh, how much research have you done going into this draft? Uh, not much. I, I, I plan to, I, I plan I to have get... actually, well, my, my, I have actually had a little bit of trouble, um, like getting stats in a reliable format so that I can actually analyze them. I wasn't listening. Like, I wasn't listening very carefully. Apparently. Did you say that we need to have one winger, one center, and one right wing? In addition no. to the two player, two extra players, so we could have three centers if we want. We could have if you want to go, go for so it. So you're not just not, three forwards, but then you you are requiring two D and a goalie. Yes, but I, but I don't want to get into like, well, they played left or right or anything like that. Just now, what if I now centers. one of my first picks? Three, one of my one of my first picks is, is Ben Storm. You know. And, he can play both D and four. Your wild card. Yeah, uh, what I uh, know, we mentioned uh, Raby. Is that Raby, the, uh, uh, my favorite Husky of all time. Raby, there you go. <laughs> Maybe that's the uh, move that I can. He, he's my swing guy. Uh, he can play there both positions. If, if you, if you, if you draft <laughs> either of those, <laughs> more power to you. You can put them wherever. You can put them at goalie. I'm okay with it. You go right ahead. Now, I have not done a ton of uh, legwork on this, but I sort of was thinking about, like, who would, if I had the first pick, which I almost hope I don't, but if I had the first pick, who would my first, who would my pick be if I had the pick of the litter? It's a really tough decision. And so what I think my plan is, and we are not aware of the draft order at this point, that's going to be, not yet. I believe nope. decided live during our show uh, based mm-hmm. on just a luck of the draw kind of thing, which I, I like that idea that you don't get any time ahead to plan your move. You, you kind of got to make the move based on the results of however we decide that. Uh, but I'm planning on just sort of, I don't know what your plan is, but I'm going to like make a list of here's my, 10, 10 best forwards or my, my favorite 10 kind of ranked same with like defensemen. Maybe I won't go 10, but you know, five or eight or something. And then goalies, I think I have a pretty good idea of a hierarchy of five or so, let's say. And based on where I'm picking, you know, it's kind of like what they do in like the NFL draft. Like you just scratch off the guys once they get picked and then seeing what my best available is and position of need all that good stuff. Um, I yeah. certainly have a philosophy of how I like to build a team. I'm not going to divulge that now. Probably will when I, mm. on the day of, and I can explain. But, but it's interesting. Like, do you, do you start with a defenseman versus a goalie? You know, or, or versus a forward? Or, you know, when, when do you pick the goalie? Um, I think it would be an interesting strategy. So, yeah, it's, it's fun to speculate on all this and uh interested uh-huh. to see how it all shakes out i'm also interested in 
you know, kind of looking at, you know, some of the top goal scorers and whatnot and players, obviously, like, all of us are going to have a really good basis of, like, some of the eras that we yeah, talk about when we go into our too. random yeah. box scores. Um, yeah, but, I mean, if like we Jeff Satterdahl go back. Is, is, he's sitting out there. there. And now I think of us four. I don't know exactly. I mean, I don't even know. This will be the first time that I can verify personally that Go Huskies Woo is a sentient human being. I'm still sort of on the fence of whether or not that's true or not. I'm guessing he's a little bit older than us, but not too much. I think so. So, I mean, let's say he was maybe early 2000s when he was at St. Cloud, whereas we were all sort of mid to late 2000s. But that tells you that we're, it's, yeah, like guys like Cullen and Parrish, Satterdahl, and guys from the 90s and, and before we're not going to have the personal experience watching those guys, but they're definitely a bit uh, available. Uh, I, I mean, there's yeah. certainly guys and in that era that I'm arguably should be picked. Yeah, no, yeah. I will definitely probably pick someone from the nineties um, from somebody we have never watched play college hockey, but that everyone's familiar with. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I I'm not going to divulge any anymore, but yeah, that, that I thought about that too, is that there's, there's going to be mm-hmm. a focus among us on our golden age, or at least when we were in school going there, I think that's going to be, it's going to be the tricky part, but also some of the fun part too. It's going to be, because it's going to be tricky because we we're probably a little too emotionally, like maybe we overrate certain players because we have emotional attachments oh, yeah. to them. And so it's going to be, that's where I think some of the discourse is going to be a lot yeah. of fun. I mean, we might have some, I bet I bet you we're gonna have some random box scores uh, during that during that show. Uh, one, right. one or two or three of them, I bet. So yeah, it, it'll it'll be a good blast from the past. But let's hope that we get a lot of different eras represented. You know, that two thousands era, but then also obviously current team is certainly eligible to be picked, um, or at least you know from the Larson era. Let's say, uh, yeah, well. We'll, we'll have some fun sort of spreading out. Yeah. As, as far as defense go, we're, we're, I mean, are you drafting Anhorn? He's, he's a possibility. Uh, I, that's, yeah. that's, uh, I mean, there, there, there's a lot you can go into this. So that's what uh, kind of makes it intriguing, makes it fun and happy. We're getting some uh, others involved as well. And then who knows if, if that works out well, maybe we'll have just random people on this podcast. Yeah, uh, just I, I love it. So perfect. So, except um, Dan Jacobson, anything else? He is barred. Oh, he is yeah. barred from being on the show ever. Speaking of, we did have one question from. Dan. <laughs> uh, See, I didn't even know that was coming. We're still nailing these transitions. I like it. Nailing these transitions. So, um, yeah, he uh, asked how many shrines I've done in uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> So I, I knew it was going to be something in a foreign language. <laughs> yep, I, I think I'm uh, somewhere in the seventies uh, right now. I had uh, the day off of work because uh, uh daughter is now done with kindergarten, but kid stop doesn't start till um, uh, Tuesday. So I had Monday off. Uh, so I was playing on, on Monday and Clara was 
liking me watch uh, play Zelda. So I played it for like three hours on my day off. I'm like, okay, I can get used to this. Um, she did really get scared when the blood moon came. Uh, but I think, yeah, somewhere around the 70s is uh, where I'm at. I have only really done one temple because I just go around doing side quests and side missions and just overall loving the game. So it's 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 been a lot of fun. Happily happily uh enjoying the uh uh the the Zelda game. So that's that is good to hear. That's where we're at. Well uh that about does her this uh, episode of the Yeah just 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 your hour thirty six. So that is bree- light and breezy for us. Exactly. So, um, unless you want me to pull up another random box score, but uh, I think uh, we're done. We'll, with we'll bottle it up for, think, for, the, for the draft. We'll, we'll bottle it up. I saw, I saw, I saw Hengen's name enough there to know that maybe ever we should we should probably load it up. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, until next time, go Huskies! Woo! Woo.